Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Today's our third and final message of our series on the Holy Spirit called Filled and Empowered. Filled and Empowered. And the Holy Spirit, friends, He's not an impersonal force like you see in Star Wars. He's not an it. He is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. That's a language theologians use. The Trinity, the triunity of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the best place, friends, to, to learn about who the Holy Spirit is and what he wants to do in and through your life is his word. It's the word of God. That's why I challenged us two weeks ago, if you were here or saw the message, to read the Gospel of Luke. Read the book of Acts. It's like volume one, volume two. Read John chapters 14, 15, 16. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about what he wants to do in your life. Two weeks ago, we talked about fresh wind from heaven. And last week, we talked about fresh fire from heaven. Why you need the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Friends, we need to receive what Jesus received in order to do what Jesus did. Jesus said, I want to baptize you. I want to fill you with the Holy Spirit, with the same power that I had. So today, the title of my message is Fresh Fullness from Heaven. Fresh Fullness from Heaven. And at the end of my message, we're gonna have a time of prayer and ministry. The power of the Holy Spirit's gonna move. He's moved out all of our services. He's gonna do it again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you so much. And uh, we, we honor you, give you praise. Thank you that your word is like a fire Lord, burn in our hearts today. Speak to us and encourage us. But we didn't come to hear a message from a man. We came to have a move of the Spirit of God. And uh, in fact, why don't you just even on put your hands on your own heart and just, if, if you mean it, repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I open up myself to all of you to receive all that you have from me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to pick up where we left off last week, which was Acts chapter 2. And so you can turn there in your Bibles or go there on your uh, phones. You can follow along on the screen as well. If you need a Bible, come up afterwards. We'd love to give you a, a, an actual physical Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, gave them the utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. As we talked about last week, and, and my messages really were sequential, so you, kind of building on each other. You ought to go back and, and watch them if you missed uh, either one of them. This event that we just read, it is the fulfillment that of what Jesus had promised his disciples, his followers, the baptism with the Holy Spirit or the fullness 
of the Holy Spirit. In fact, those terms are synonymous in Acts, and there's other terms that are used as well. They mean the same thing. This was Jesus filling and empowering the disciples to change a world with the life, the love, and the power of God. This is the birth of the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Friends, you and I are part of the church. And just as Jesus filled and empowered the early church 2,000 years ago, he wants to do the same for us today because he wants you and I to change the world with his life, his love, and his power. In addition to uh, what we discussed last week, part of the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it includes a release of what the Bible calls spiritual gifts to love and minister to others. In fact, as you read Acts, as you read the rest of the New Testament, there is an explosion, an absolute explosion and multiplication of spiritual gifts moving in and through the church. Men and women prophesying, healing, signs, wonders, miracles, doing the same things that, that Jesus did. Spiritual gifts, by the way, if you want to learn about those, read, chapter, uh, uh, read these chapters in your Bible. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, and Ephesians 4. You also ought to take next steps if you're newer to the church. Uh, you can sign up for that at the Connection Center in the lobby because step four of next steps is called serve. And we talk about how God has naturally gifted you and how he's spiritually gifted you so you can love the Lord and, and serve him here at church and outside of the church as well. Friends, spiritual gifts are a lot like tools. You need the right tool for the right job. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? He has all of the tools. So whatever tool you need, he will give for whatever job is at hand. So when somebody's sick and they need a touch from God, need the power of God to touch them, guess what? He'll give you a gift of healing. When somebody needs some uh, direction about their future, he'll give you a word of prophecy. When they need some good advice in their life, he'll give you a word of wisdom. If you're open and available and also, not only is there a release of, of spiritual language, but there's also a release of, of spiritual, I'm sorry, a release of spiritual gifts, but there's also a release of spiritual language or speaking with tongues, as we just read about. And, you know, there's a lot of confusion, misperceptions, misconceptions, just flat out wrong ideas, even bad theology about this topic. In fact, you know, it's mocked on television. It's mocked in, in movies. I used to watch The Simpsons growing up and Ned Flanders and his family, you know, they'd make fun of it. They'd be rolling around in church and, and, and all that kind of stuff. They'd make fun of it. And some of us have just been in environments where uh, we've kind of got turned off to this part of the baptism with the Holy Spirit to, to spiritual language. I think, I think with any of the gifts that God wants to give us, they're, they're such good gifts I think sometimes they are packaged in a way that, that kind of turns us off, but it's not the gift itself. You, you ever done a white elephant gift exchange and, and you're like, oh man, this, this gift is gonna be awesome. And you open it up and it's somebody's like old socks and old underwear or something like, what the heck? The package looked awesome, but the gift itself wasn't good. Friends, God's exactly the opposite. The gift is always good. Sometimes the packaging, the environments that we've been around have kind of turned us off to these things. Spiritual language, it is a supernatural language that God gives you, that he wants to give to every believer. And by the way, it's Jesus's idea. Mark chapter 16, read it for yourself. It's Jesus's idea. And he birthed the early church. What's the value of spiritual language or speaking with or in tongues? Well, here's, here's three points. You can write these down. Number one, to exalt Jesus in heavenly praise, 
worship and prayer. That's good enough right there. Number two is to build yourself up spiritually, to make you spiritually stronger. The Bible says pray in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Number three is to break evil bonds or for spiritual warfare. And I think this is important, uh, what I'm gonna say. Although speaking with tongues or spiritual language is not a qualification for being filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit, it certainly is an indication that you have been. I talked about that last week. I think the primary marker that you've been filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit is a, an increase, a supernatural increase in love of, your love for the Lord and your love for other people. But when you read Acts, oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke with other tongues. Uh, you know, I like to, well, let me say this, spiritual language is not a requirement, but it is a powerful privilege that is available for every believer. So I like to think of myself as bilingual. I speak in English and I speak in tongues. Some of you are thinking, I thought you spoke maybe in Spanish. Hablo un poquito español, amigos. Necesitamos el poder y el fuego del Espíritu Santo. Come on. Come on, somebody. I think the language of heaven is Spanish. I can't prove that biblically. That's just my opinion. <laughs> My son Cohen, he's 10 years old, and this past week he, uh, he had been battling a fever on and off for like four or five days. So by Thursday night, and, and Cohen, even when he doesn't feel good, he's such a happy kid, it's kind of hard to tell, but he wasn't feeling good. He went to bed Thursday night and I'm feeling well. So Jenny, Thursday night, it's like 11 o'clock, I'm tired, I'm getting ready to go to sleep, and she says, she says, you need to go pray for Cohen, like right now. I was like, all right, yes ma'am, you know. <laughs> I may not be a smart man, but I've been married long enough to know when your wife says something, you just obey, obey right away. And uh, so I, I, went in, I went into his room. He was, pass, he was dead asleep, passed out. You know, Cohen sleeps hard. And, and um, so I went and just laid my hands on his head and prayed strong in English. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Let healing come into his body. Break this fever off of him. Jesus' name. And you know, I was done with that. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. I want to pray in my spiritual language. And so I did that. Not, not even very long. 60 seconds, 90 seconds maybe. Just pray. Just, God, come on. Shift this. Break this off of him. He woke up Friday morning ready to rock and roll. Good to go. Totally healed and played a pretty good baseball game yesterday, Mike. And uh, God, God touched him and healed him. You know, friends, honestly, just in my own life, God has been stirring something in my heart. It's one of the reasons I think I'm preaching this series, but in my own life, stir up the gifts that are within you. Some of us, friends, we receive spiritual language at one point, and we just put it on the shelf. It's like when you get given a gift at your birthday or Christmas, and you, know, you think, I'm gonna exchange it, or I'm gonna use this, and you put it somewhere, and then you forget about it. And like a few months later, a few years later, you're cleaning out the closet, and you find that this could have been useful to me for a couple of years. I forgot that I had this Chia pet, you know, that you know, the, the child, I could have grown. And uh, friends, some of you have done that with spiritual gifts in your life. You put them on the shelf. Open them up again, unwrap them, start using them. Exercise some faith and obedience in your life. And faith and obedience is always required, by the way, to move in the Holy Spirit, to use spiritual gifts, spiritual language. You gotta do your part and then God will do his part. That's how it works. We want God to show up first and then we'll act on it, but that doesn't require any faith. You want somebody to be healed, guess what? You gotta pray for them in boldness and faith. You can't heal them anyways. It's, that's God's job, but you can be obedient. You can be a vessel. 
Listen, if you want spiritual language in your life, you gotta open up your mouth, you gotta speak praise. God's not gonna open up your mouth and wiggle your tongue around like you see on The Simpsons, it's not gonna happen. You gotta make a choice. Be open to an ability that transcends your own capabilities. Be open to a supernatural gift that transcends your own natural understanding. Let's go back to Acts chapter two. Thousands of people in Jerusalem, they're gathered together, they hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind, they hear the sound of people praising God in their own languages. Verse 14, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles, shouted to the crowd, listen carefully all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. <laughs> not for everybody, but. <laughs> no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel, and he quotes from Joel chapter two, this great prophecy. In the last, that, this prophecy now that has been fulfilled. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. By the way, if you read the rest of the story, the rest of the chapter, at the end of Peter's message, 3,000 people are saved. They repent, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Day one of the early church starts with 3,000. Some of them think, I don't like big churches. Well, the early church started with 3,000. That's more than, than we're at right now. And by the way, did you notice in the passage it says sons and daughters, men and women. The word prophecy in scripture, it, it does mean foretelling or talking about the future or speaking about the future. That is absolutely accurate. Most of the time that's all we think of when we think of prophecy. But it also means boldly, forthrightly, courageously, in a faith-filled way, declaring and proclaiming the words of God. And guess what, friends? That Both of those are not isolated just to men. That includes women as well. And so we believe in our church that women can equally preach, teach, speak, prophesy the word of God, not just men. The ladies ought to say amen. So next Sunday, my mom and my sister, believe me, you're gonna laugh a lot because my sister, she, she's like my dad. She can say anything. Nobody knows what's gonna come out of her mouth. You're gonna love it. And friends, they're gonna, they're gonna preach just like we do. And if you don't like that, tough luck. Honestly, I say, I, I don't mean this casually or callously, but you, you ought to go to another church because you're not gonna like our church because we have women preachers as much as we have men preachers. And we believe that scripturally. I won't argue with you scripturally. I'll just say you're wrong and you can go somewhere else, all right? <laughs> I'm just teasing. Notice also the language of pouring out, pouring out the Spirit. And so we see this initial baptism and out, outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the 120 disciples who were filled in the upper room. But we also see in Acts that these same disciples, as well as others, they were repeatedly they were repeatedly filled with the Holy Spirit. I'll prove it to you. Acts chapter four, verse eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. This is after the event we just read. Acts chapter four, verse 31, even later on. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. 
and they, which included Peter, were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. By the way, that's my prayer that today, in just a few minutes, that's gonna happen. We're gonna pray. This place is gonna be shaken. You're gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak the word of God boldly. Peter receives a, an initial baptism or filling with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, but he receives fresh additional fillings with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 4. And we see this pattern throughout, the, throughout Acts. Same thing happened in Paul's life too. That's why I'm encouraging you to read it on your own. Additional fillings, initial baptism, additional fillings. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, Don't be drunk with wine. The text says wine, but you could just insert alcohol there, okay? Because that was their alcohol back then. Don't get drunk with wine or alcohol because that will ruin your life. Some of us, we won't point out anybody, but we can attest to that and testify, right? We've been through that journey. Instead, hello, come on, Jerry Clyde. Instead, don't want to mention anybody, but his initials are Jerry Clyde. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't need a counterfeit comfort. I need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Be filled with the Holy Spirit. The tense of be filled in the Greek language is a little grammar lesson for you. It's called, it's called the present passive imperative. I'm not a grammar student, but I've studied this and I heard preaching on this. The present passive imperative, meaning what? Imperative meaning it's a command, not a suggestion. God is commanding you to be filled with his spirit. Passive meaning, meaning that you receive it. You, you can't do it on your own strength, but God is the one who does it to you. Present in the Greek means that it happens now, but it happens five minutes from now, and it happens an hour from now, and it happens tomorrow, and next month, and next year, and 10 years from now, that it keeps on happening. In other words, be filled with the Holy Spirit and keep on being filled. Not just a one-time thing. In fact, one newer English translation says, and don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. In other words, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time encounter. It should be an ongoing and regular experience in our life. Some of us had an initial baptism with the Holy Spirit, but for different reasons, we haven't remained in it. And we think, I've heard people talk like this. I was baptized with the Holy Ghost back in the 70s at Melody Land, back in the good old days, and you know, I'm good. Friends, That'd be like you saying you, you buy a new car and you fill it up with gas once because it's not an electric car. You fill it up with gas once and you drive it and you just expect it to keep driving as long as you have it. And not too long, you're going to run out of gas, right? You ain't going to have any more gas in there. My grandpa Chuck, this is a funny story. My dad used to tell this story. My grandpa Chuck used to own a gas station in Pico Rivera. He owned a gas station, literally owned a gas station. He had an unlimited supply and resource of gas, and yet he would still run out of gas sometimes. And if you knew my grandpa Chuck, that fit his personality perfectly. I just keep going a little bit farther, I'm ready, but I could get another 20 miles out of this thing. Well, sometimes he, guess what, he ran out of gas. Friends, you have an unlimited supply and resource from heaven in the Holy Spirit, yet some of us are spiritually empty. You've run out of gas, you need to get filled again. You need fresh fullness from heaven. Great preacher Dwight L. Moody once was asked, why do you need to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit? And his answer was simple. He said, because I leak. <laughs> Friends, the same is true of you and me. We need to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit because you leak and I leak. 
And some of you leak in more ways than one. Come on, somebody, that's true. We, we, I'm a youth pastor by heart, I'm sorry. We, we leak because, we leak, we leak spiritually because life isn't always easy and we get hurt and wounded and it's like a spiritual hole in our soul. Or we leak because we can become spiritually lazy and apathetic to the things of God and it's like spiritual evaporation. It just eventually kind of disappears, dissipates. We leak because we make bad, selfish, and sinful decisions. And like, that's like spiritual dehydration. Friends, you need to not only, you need fresh fullness from heaven, not just because you leak and I leak, but because you need to be filled to spill. You are filled to spill. In fact, tell the person next to you, say, you're filled to spill. Come on, tell somebody, say, you're filled to spill. Come on up here. Harper and Heather, good job. Give my assistants a big round of applause. <laughs> Wonderful job, Harper. Wonderful, wonderful job. Okay, go ahead and fill the spill, friends. You need fresh fullness, fresh filling. Okay, there we go. I know some of you OCD people are getting nervous. It's just water, relax. It'll disappear. Listen, listen, friends. You need to get, you need fresh fullness. Why? Because when you go home, when you wake up in the morning, you need the love of God to, to spill onto your wife and your kids. When you get to work, come on, you need the kindness of God on that grumpy old ungodly boss that you're praying for, but he's not real kind to you. Come on, you need, you need to get filled. You need fresh fullness because you come across your sick friend. You need the power of God to spill out a little bit, spill some healing out. When you're driving home after a long, hard day's work and you've done your best to be filled with the Spirit and walk with Jesus, and the devil cuts you off on the freeway. Come on, and you want to give them the one-finger salute because you're by yourself, your kids aren't in the car, and you want to say some choice four-letter words. But instead, come on, you're spilling out the peace of God, the patience of God, and you say something spiritual that you're, Pastor Junior, say like, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, and then you give the sign of the cross or something, but you're proud of yourself because that's different than your normal reaction. Come on, you need to get filled to spill. Filled to spill. The Lord, you know what, even at a nice restaurant, at a nice restaurant, your glass gets, gets down there, what are they doing? They're filling it again. It's like you turn around, you're taking two sips of water, or whatever you're drinking, they, they filled it again, they filled it again. Friends, if you're at a good restaurant and they can fill your cup to overflowing, how much more, how much more will your heavenly Father, who gives good gifts to his children, fill and overflow in your life? How to receive fresh fullness from heaven, how to be baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, keep on being filled. Let me give you five points. I'll do this quick, I promise. Number one is repent and be water baptized. That's the first step. You gotta repent and be water baptized. Peter finishes preaching his message in Acts 2. It, it, says, it says our hearts were pierced. And they asked, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to be saved? And listen to what Peter says. Peter said to them, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Friends, he's talking about you and I right, right there in that passage. It's a prophetic word from Peter that's been fulfilled today. In order to receive salvation, which is to come into a vibrant, passionate 
personal relationship with God through his son Jesus. Not talking about going to church, that's not what brings you salvation. It's, it's coming into relationship with the Lord. In order to receive that, you must first repent. Which means you gotta turn from your sin. You gotta recognize and admit, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And I, I've been going one way, I've been living life this way, and I'm going the wrong way, I need to go God's way. That's what repentance means, change of mind that results in a change of action. And then after you've surrendered your life to the Lord, the first thing that you ought to do, the first step of faith and obedience is get water baptized. Public declaration of your inward commitment to the, to the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And you can sign up for that water baptism. We'll baptize people, I think, two weeks from today. You can sign up in the Connection Center afterwards. Number two is you need to remove the barriers in the way. You need to remove the barriers in the way. What barrier is in the way of you receiving fresh fullness from heaven? If you've never been saved, that's, that's a big barrier. That's the first one. But maybe you have been saved, but there's an area of disobedience in your life. You are willfully sinning and rebelling against the Lord. Maybe it's just a, an area of, of struggle. You know it's wrong, but you keep going back. Friends, you don't have to be perfect to get filled with the Holy Spirit. If that was the case, look, listen, none of us, I, you know, myself included, we, we, would, we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. You don't have to be perfect, but you do, need to, you do need to be clean. And the way you get clean is by repenting. It's by turning to the Lord and saying, Lord, cleanse me and forgive me. Break this off of my life. For, forgive me, God. I, I don't want to keep going down this, this path anymore. He is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Maybe you have a mental barrier. You know, some of you do, I know. You're just, you don't understand. You, none of us can fully understand this, but you don't understand the Holy Spirit. You don't want him in your life. God still loves you. You're going to heaven, but you're missing out. You're missing out. That's all I can tell you, but that's a barrier. Maybe you have a, a pride barrier. You don't think you need him in your life. I think that's a worse place to be. Goodness gracious. Man, I need him in my life. First Thessalonians 5.19. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Number three is request the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I kind of alluded to this verse a minute ago. Jesus said in Luke 11, if imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? Friends, just ask. Just ask. And I don't know about you, but my heart is Holy Spirit, whatever you have for me is good and I'll take all that you have. There is always more. There's always more to what God wants to do in and through your life. Always. Because he, he is unlimited, friends. His, every, every part of who God is is absolutely unlimited. The Holy Spirit is, is a limitless resource. There's always more. My grandma Pat, she's 89 years old now. Shannon, I just talked to Shannon about this after the service. Shannon just saw her yesterday or the day before with my mom. And she was talking to her about Grandpa Chuck. In fact, Shannon asked her, said, Grandma, when Grandpa Chuck got baptized with the Holy Spirit, did he speak in tongues? She, she said, he absolutely did. And then, and then Shannon said, she paused. And I could just picture my grandma doing this. She said, there's always more to the Lord. She, there's always more to the Lord. And she loves Jesus so much. My grandma's 89 years old, and she still says, I want God to anoint my hand so I can pray for people and, and, and people will be healed. And she's asked me before, she says, do you think God would use me to do that? I said, Grandma, absolutely. Friends, there's always more. There's always more. God is willing to go as far with you as you're willing to go with him. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want normal Christianity. Normal Christianity is not enough. I want supernatural Christianity. In fact, if you remove the supernatural from Christianity, all you're left with is a philosophy. And it is not a philosophy, friends. From beginning to end, from page one to the last page of the Bible, everything about following Jesus is absolutely supernatural. We serve a supernatural God. You ought to expect the supernatural to come into your life. But you, you, you have to open to it. In my own life, I need it. Friends, in my family, I need it. In my marriage, I need it. Can't live in this world any longer without the power of God in my life. I, I was talking to Jenny about this last night. You guys are the eleven thirty service, so I just you just get all kinds of free stuff. And uh, actually, this morning, this morning I was talking to her about this. I was listening to a message from Pastor Jack Hayford, and he said something. And I've heard this message. I've heard him preach this message before. And for some reason, this has never registered and stuck in my brain or my heart. And he said, at one point in his life, he said, the Lord woke him up one time on a mission trip and said, you need to pray for your children and your grandchildren get baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, from that moment on, him and his wife, Anna, started praying for that. I said, that's brilliant. I said, how come I've never thought about that? My kids know the Lord, but I've never prayed for that. I told Jenny that this morning. She's like, have you not been listening? She's like, I pray for that for the kids all the time. <laughs> I just hung my head in shame, like, no, I guess I haven't been listening. But I need to pray for, for them to get filled with the Holy Spirit. God is looking for people whom he can pour out his spirit upon, men and women who want to be filled with the power of God and used by him to change the world. Number four is this, you receive it by faith. Just as salvation is a gift from God that must be received by faith. In other words, you can't earn it and you don't receive and you and you don't deserve it. You can only receive it because it's a gift. The same is true with the baptism with the Holy Spirit, friends. You receive it by faith. Just as you come to Jesus, in fact, in just a moment, like two minutes, some of you are gonna do this. In just a moment, some of you are gonna come to Jesus and ask him to be your savior. You're coming in faith, you're trusting him. Just as you do that. You come to him as well and say, Jesus, be my baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Because he is the baptizer. I talked about that last week. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water under repentance. But Jesus is coming, and he's the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And you receive it by faith. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Other translations say diligently or earnestly seek him. James, the book of James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jeremiah 29, 13 says that if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. God is not playing some cosmic hide and seek game with us, friends. What he's talking about, he's talking about a heart that is so hungry, that is so desperate, that is so, so thirsty for him, that it is pursuing him as more than anything else in your life. And if you have that kind of heart, you will receive by faith the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If you're, if you're content in your walk with the Lord to stay along the shore, walk along the sand, let the waves kind of splash at your feet occasionally. Enjoy the nice view of the ocean. That's great. God loves you. You're saved. You're going to heaven. But friends, there's a big difference between that. Taking another step of faith where you come up to your knees. 
taking a few more steps, and now you're at your waist, and a few more steps, and now you're out in the ocean. You're up to, up to your neck. <laughs> you can still touch the bottom. Guess what? You take a few more steps, and now you're out there. You're swimming around in the ocean. There's all kinds of life out there. Who knows what's out there? <laughs> but you're completely immersed. You're completely saturated. You're completely baptized. Completely filled. And guess what, friends? Now the power of the waves control you and take you where they want you to go. Same is true of the Holy Spirit. You do have to relinquish control. And he's not going to come in and, and control you like a robot or make you do weird things. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you weird. He makes you powerful. But you have to surrender. If you don't surrender, you'll never receive. Number five is this. If you want a fresh fullness from heaven, you relate to him daily. Relate to him daily. He's your best friend. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He's your intercessor. He's your advocate. He's so good. He's so kind, so powerful, so loving. Presence of God with you, friends. Lives within you, but he wants to overflow. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. What a beautiful prayer. Intimate friendship. Do you know him as your friend? You can know the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with his presence. You can be empowered to receive what Jesus received so you can do what Jesus did. But it all starts. Before you can get there, you have to get, come here first. It all starts with a relationship with the Lord. Are you in relationship with God today, friends? Whether you're here, you're watching online, most important question you could ever ask yourself. Some of you might think you are because you believe in God or you know about Jesus, but you're not in relationship with him. There's a big difference. You can know about a person. You know all about celebrities, know about LeBron James, but I don't have a friendship with him. I'm not in relationship with him. Are you in relationship with God in the only way? Jesus said the only way. He said, I am the way. I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I'm the resurrection. No one comes to God the Father except through me. For God so loved the world, for he so loved you. He so loved me, Jesus said. John 3, 16, that he gave his one and only son, son of God, that whoever believes in him, whoever puts their faith, whoever puts their trust in him, you could say whoever surrenders their life to him will not perish but have everlasting and eternal life. And Jesus said, I came to give you not just everlasting life but abundant life right here and right now. So he went to the cross and he paid the price for your sins. You could never do that, friends. You couldn't. Only Jesus could because he was sinless. And then three days later, he rose from the dead and so death itself is conquered. And he's alive. And we can know him. You can walk with him. Experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never ever made that decision before. Or maybe you prayed a prayer once, but you've totally walked away from the Lord. God, God never leaves us, but, but honestly, you can leave him. You can turn your back. You can walk away. Some of you have done that. You prayed a prayer once. You find yourself here today or watching online, and you've totally walked away from the Lord. You're living life on your own. Friends, guess what? The picture that the Bible gives, Luke 15, is God is like a father just waiting for you with his arms open, waiting for you to just turn around, repent, come back. And then he wraps you in his love and his grace. He gives you his best. God's not mad at you, but he is mad about you. He loves you so much. Some of you need to come back to the Lord today, friends. It all starts there. I want to give you that opportunity right now. Today's the day of salvation. 
Today's the day you're the person, you make the choice, and God will make the change. Close your eyes for a moment just to give the gift of privacy. And friends, if you're here today, we've had amazing altar calls, all services. Last night, people were raising their hands before I even got to it. Whole family got saved last night. Couples getting saved, husbands and wives. But friends, maybe some of you in here, you need to Get saved today. You need to come into a relationship with God. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to boldly lift your hand and look at me, and I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna lead all of us in a prayer. I won't call you out. I'm not gonna bring you to the front. I will not embarrass you, but I want to agree with you, and then I wanna lead all of us in a prayer and declaration of salvation. So if that's you, friends, you wanna be in a relationship with God, never made that decision, you're coming back to him. On the count of three, lift your hand high. One, Two, three, hold your hand up high, hold it high until I see you, and look at me as well. Look at me as well. They're pointing at somebody. I see you, young man. Good. Young guy. That's great. See you, sir, in the back row. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. Serious about this. I can tell anybody else here today. I see you, young man, right there with your hand up. Wow. Anybody else here today? Three people. Two of them were just young guys. That's awesome. Wow, wow. Anybody else? Bible says, Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, what does that mean? It means that I'm surrendering my life to him. Be my master, my boss. Lord, my, I'm gonna live my life for you. You believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You believe that, you know that in your heart, and he has, then you shall be saved. So I wanna lead all of us in a prayer of, of faith and confession today in support of those three who raise their hand. Maybe there's some online as well. Church, let's pray this prayer. Repeat it after me. Pray it loud and pray it strongly if you would. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. I know that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of all of my sin. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. I surrender my life to you. Make me a new person. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I choose to live my life for you. And I declare that heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate that this morning? Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc, or call 714-255-0930.